You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to episode four of Outlandish Outcasts. I am your host, Al. With me, as always, is my better half, Desi. How are you doing tonight, Desi? Good, but I'm wondering, am I really the better half? <laughs> I don't know. I just it, I, I said it the first time, and I just figured I'd keep going with it. Oh. So some days it's a lie. Probably. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'm not sure. So, uh, are you excited about stories for the night? I think so. I'm a little worried. Are you excited enough to go first, or would you like me to go first? I have a really long one to go first. Well, you can kick it off, then. Really? Yeah. Didn't I start first last time? Well, I don't agree. Would I you like me to know. start? I will start. I'll let you start, because okay. mine's... I'd rather it be in the middle somewhere. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. I will start. This is a... Uh, I got kind of a mix of stories today. Um, Me too, don't worry. So, here we go. In China, you get a special warning before you call people who owe you who owe money, uh, telling you to get them to pay up. Some phone companies in China are assigning special ringtones for people in debt, which warn callers that they're about to speak to somebody who owes the government some money, and it asks them to help them pay. So they, you go to call your friend, and instead of hearing a ringtone or the phone ringing, you hear, Sally owes the government $10,000. Could you please have her pay us back? And then I started looking into it a little further, and they actually do a lot of things to try to recoup money that I think is, I mean, it's China. It's a, you know, it's a communist country. I get it. But you can't buy an airline, an airline ticket if you owe the government any money. You can't buy a train ticket if you owe the government any money. They also have a, de- a database set up where anybody in the country can go in and they can uh, search by name and it'll show a person's name, a partial version of their national ID number, the debt they owe and the amount they owe and what the debt was for. And they encourage their citizens to search out their neighbors and make sure they're paying their debts. Okay. I thought that was kind of weird. Could you imagine if we did something like that here? Like, we know that our neighbor owed, you know, X amount of money, and we're encouraged to go tell him to pay it? But what what do you get if you go tell him to pay it? Nothing. So... You get to, you get, you get to be a proud member of the Chinese... <laughs> whatever. <laughs> oh, here in America, you'd be called a goody-two-shoes. Yeah, probably. This is true. Mind your own bleep in business. (laughs) Um, Last year, 17 million people were barred from buying plane tickets. And 5.5 million people weren't allowed to purchase high-speed train tickets. That's a lot of people. Yeah. But according to um, the Chinese government, that this has helped crack down on um, dog owners... Because owning a dog is illegal. Um, jaywalkers and people found loitering in public because those are all things that you get fined for that people are doing less now because they don't want to have to worry about being shamed into paying their fines. Huh. I just thought that was interesting. I know not a super long story, but I thought it was kind of crazy to, to think of 
that kind of government overreach. I'm glad we don't live in a in a communist country like China. Yeah, I'm new. I'm. I've always known I don't want to live <laughs> in China. I always knew I didn't want to live there, but I never knew. I don't know a lot of specifics about what's life, what general life is like for your average, you know. I don't know Chinese if it's person. China or Japan that I'm thinking of, but I remember reading about school. You go to school for 12 hours a day. So when parents are working, they're 12 hours because you work 12 mm. hours in China. I remember hearing that about Japan, I think, when I was a kid. I don't know but people China, die but... literally yeah. on the train of exhaustion. Yeah. Because I mean, they work like the, too hard. The, the um, iPhone factory, in, the Foxconn iPhone factory in China has, like, nets around the outside because people are jumping off killing themselves all the time. <laughs> They're overworked. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that is my uh, my story about life in China. What have you got for us? So I actually came across this a couple weeks ago, and I was reading about it. And this was kind of the story I even was telling you about a couple days ago, but I didn't give you too much detail about it because I wanted to discuss it on this. Okay. So I said, I'll definitely bring this to the table and then I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, look, it's eight pages long. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's called A Story of a Weird World I Was Warned Never to Tell. So this lady named Pauline, she wrote this story. She grew up, this is a true story. Okay. She grew up in, in Canada in the 70s, um, and her life was just full of secrets, disruption, unpleasant surprises, but she had no idea why. She just knew something was going on, but she didn't know what because she was a child, and her mom hid everything from her. She didn't okay. tell her exactly what was going on. So when they were younger, um, when she was five, her parents separated, and then when she was seven, her mom moved her to Canada from the States. So she was raised, um, I don't even know if they said the state in here. And if they did, I totally went over it. But moved from America or United States mm -hmm. up to Canada. Canada. So then, um, so she would always ask kind of what was going on. And she didn't understand everything, which obviously I wouldn't understand anything because you're just pulled away from your father. Mm -hmm. They just up and left. No explanation. And she just was always told things. And there was always strange things going on in their life, too. Like, like what kind of strange things were going on? So, so by the time she was 11, she attended six different schools. And mm -hmm. another man came into the family. His name was Stan. And Pauline's mother actually met Stan... Um, he was a counselor for her husband's, her ex-husband. Mm -hmm. So okay. she actually was getting counseling, or he was counseling both of them through the church. Okay. And That'd come to really find weird. out, so by the time she was 23, her mom told her to meet her at this hotel that was like in the middle of the two cities that they were at. Okay. So that she gets to the hotel, her mom hands her a note, and it says, don't say anything, take off your jewelry, um, put it in the envelope, I'll explain, just don't talk. So that was just a little bit bizarre, she said. Mm -hmm. And she's like, thinking, who are you, what are you doing? 
but she just did what her mother told her to do. Okay. So they go into this hotel room, and Stan's in there. So her mom and Stan are telling them about how they were on the run from the mafia. So Pauline's family had been targeted because of her father, Warren, who was the alcoholic. He had been involved in organized crime. She couldn't wear her jewelry because it needed to be tested for bugs. Mm. So interesting. 16 years later of them going on the run, finds out that this is why they took off all the strange things that have been going on in their mm. life. She just found it really hard to believe. And she's like in her early 20s, you said 23? She was 23 when she found out what was going on. Um, one of the things is she remembers, because there were things that would happen she just didn't understand. Like one time she came home and she remembered... Her mom was, like, throwing all the food away in the house. Mm -hmm. All of it. Literally all of it. And she goes, you know, asked her mom what was going on. And she goes, it all went bad. And she was thinking in her head, ketchup ketchup and mustard don't go bad. Well, here, come find out. They got a note because they have been in protection. Mm -hmm. A note stating that they were trying to get, or the mafia was trying to poison them. So they had to throw all their food food away. So that explained that. And... Little odds and ends like that. So that was just kind of one little... There's a few other stories in here, but that was one one thing that, you know... <laughs> that would I'd be, be like, weird. okay, now that explains the ketchup. Because ketchup, you don't need no, to refrigerate you don't need it. No, you don't need to throw away the ketchup. The ketchup is fine, unless it's poisoned. So, after hearing all this unbelievable stuff, Stan asked if he could put a transmitter onto her car for the, the good guys so they can, like, keep track of her. Mm-hmm. And he also gave her a small trans... Um, a small radio and said to only use it if she absolutely needed to because people would put their life on the line for her. Mm -hmm. So she was like, okay. You know, she went home and she was kind of trying to process all this stuff and she just didn't understand. It was like there were so many stories and so many questions and it It wasn't all making sense, but that's a lot to process, too, Mm -hmm. at the same time. So... I imagine she'd have a a million different questions, you know, her whole life being... I I can just imagine looking back on your life going, oh, my God, this is why this happened, and this happened, and this happened. You'd have a ton of questions. And then it was told that her father was sitting in a jail. So, in prison somewhere in a place that Stan kept calling the weird world. People live in, there are certain cities throughout everywhere, and they're just for people like them. And it was considered the weird world is what he kept calling it. So that's kind of where the title even came from. But they were saying at her brother's wedding, um, people were there like doubles because they weren't, like her dad was in prison, so Mm -hmm. he wasn't allowed to go, but they brought in this double, so it didn't seem... Out of place. Okay. So. That's weird. (laughs) But she didn't understand what was going on because they got details right down to like all the details. Like she said her dad had extra cells above his iris, Mm -hmm. of his eye, and they even had that and Stan said it was contact lenses. Yeah. But why are they going to all this trouble for this one family? This is what's going through my head as I'm It's not making sense to me yet, but it's definitely crazy. So I'm going, there's either more to the story that she's not even being told Mm -hmm. or there's something else going on. So she didn't know what to think of this. She broke up with her boyfriend. Um, 
she this house they were renovating she let it go she decided to move with her mom to this weird world with her and just drop everything okay well then years later she met this guy married him and all this stuff still going on and her mom's being put through all of this and she's always had her doubts about what was going on so she said she decided finally after five years of all of this mm-hmm. that she was going to call and say her house was broken into, even though it was not. Okay. So she figured she was going to go from there, and that was going to figure out if it was going to be true. She'd get some or, answers that way. Yes. Yeah. So she did get some sort of an answer because Stan Calder said two guys were arrested not long after that because they had seen them go into her house, and then they left the house and they were arrested. So she knew right there that he was lying. Yeah, because yeah, she wasn't robbed. Exactly. Yeah. So she confronted him. He was like, she said there was like this sadness in his eyes when she confronted him with this. And he kept trying to say there has to be an explanation. This doesn't make sense. I'll get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. And so after that, she just knew that this was all like her whole life. Mm-hmm. She was taken away from her father, who was, uh, like, trying to escape the mafia and wasn't. Mm, Okay. So her mom has been full-fledged a believer, though, of it. Like, she's just mentally all So her mom's not, like, behind the the lie, necessarily. She's more of a believer. But you have to think she's been dealing with this for 16 years. And you can convince yourself, especially if it's somebody you love, mm-hmm. and if you think about it, it's like an emotional... Yeah. Like, it's scaring you. <laughs> so I could kind of see where she would, after so many years, just believe it. Mm-hmm. So, after Stan died, though, she talked to her mom. Um, her mom still believed it. She was on her deathbed. She was trying to explain to her, you know, you got to watch out for yourself. Mm-hmm. And all that fun stuff, but she told her mom she still didn't believe it was happening. And then four years after her mom died, um, she came across an article in the medical journal about a condition called delusional disorder. Delusional disorder. And hmm. everything described what Dan was doing to their family. Okay. So she reached out to the guy who wrote this and had a conversation. This is how this story came up, and she wrote it out because it's not a common type mm-hmm. of a disorder because yeah. he, like, lived this, and he got everybody involved mm-hmm. in this. So she said, finding a reason for what Stan did to her family, it helped her come to terms with her past, but it couldn't repair the damage that it did to their lives. She also felt very sad for her mom, And then um, she had such a difficult life, and she was vulnerable to Stan, mostly because he was a gentle, caring guy. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't malicious at all. Yeah. Um, It was just too bad he had the terrible delusions. Does she ever reconnect with her dad? I would assume so, because he was at her brother's wedding, and so there was that connection. It's just, could you imagine, though, going your whole life, like, my dad's in jail, and... 
you think he's been in jail and he was this alcoholic and de- he was like part of the mafia and wow like your whole world just turned upside down like nothing how could you believe anything was real after that <laughs> like first you spend uh most of your life not understanding what's going on then you think you have some answers and it's crazy and then you find out those <laughs> answers are completely wrong and it was something else totally that that would be absolutely crazy like can't imagine living living life like that. Are you gonna tell me something? Uh no, I don't oh, have anything nearly that interesting to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> We're not on the run. We've been living in the same no, place for yeah. almost I don't even know how long, nine years, something eight like years. That. Something like that. Long time. Long enough. Long enough to know that I'm not, you know, I don't know, some mafia guy on the run. Yes. So it wasn't a very funny story. But no, but very I it was interesting. interesting. That is a really interesting story. I, I I liked it. It was. I mean, I tried definitely to had some twists and turns in it. Oh, for sure. And I think about how interesting my family can be at times, and I think of this, <laughs> and I'm just like, mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be so much worse. Yeah. Well, I agree. I agree. Well, uh, I will move on to uh, first of all. I wanted to. I wanted to tell you that today is a holiday. Um, what? This is actually today, uh, the day that we are recording uh, this show. Uh, today is World Meteorology Day. <gasps> I love meteorology. And there's something very, very special that happened today that blew my mind when I read about it. The oh, new no. kilogram debuts today. What? Now, when I read that, I'm like, the new kilogram, that doesn't make any sense at all. What's the Hex a new kilogram. Well, what I didn't know, for more than a century, the kilogram has a very simple definition. It was a mass of a hunk of platinum iridium alloy that's been housed at the International Bureau of Weights and Measures in France. It's an actual thing. And this hunk of... Hunk of junk. Platinum iridium alloy <laughs> was carved out by man to represent a kilogram. So they just weighed it and said, we're going to call this a kilogram. Problem is, over the course of, since this, since it was, it's been there since 1889. And over that course of time, it's lost about 50 micrograms of weight. So oh. technically, the kilogram has gotten lighter. <laughs> over the last how many years? Well, no wonder why they're making pant sizes bigger. <laughs> they're not really making the pant sizes bigger. The scales are just being tipped wrong. Yeah. Ooh, here I thought it was that damn shrinking fairy. <laughs> but starting today, that is no longer going to be the basis for the kilt. So are they going to bring a size 6 back to an actual size 6? Uh, I don't think so. <sighs> <laughs> um, starting today, the kilogram will be defined by the Planck constant. I'm not explaining it to you because I don't understand it. <laughs> but the Planck constant is a concept concept in quantum mechanics which describes how the tiniest bits of matter release energy in discrete steps or chunks. I don't really understand that, but it's their new way of measuring the kilogram, and it's not going to change for the rest of history now. So the kilogram (laughs) will remain the kilogram. And this actually had an effect on U.S. weights and measures, because a U.S. pound 
is actually defined as X amount of kilograms. So when the weight of the kilogram actually changed, it actually did affect the weight of the pound. I just said that. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the scale is showing me weighing more than I really am. That those 50 micrograms that have come off in the last 200 years. <laughs> Shit. It's going to make me weigh more than I really am. We're and, not buying a new scale for a while. <laughs> and then I, I was, yeah, uh, don't hit the desk. <laughs> and then after reading this, I couldn't, it, it blew my mind that the kilogram was literally just a, an object that they weighed, and that's how they decided it was. And then I, I realized in, in doing some more reading that the meter was originally defined as the length of a bar at the International Bureau of Weights and Measures in France. It was literally a bar, and that was a meter. Would they cut it in half? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me that changed. No, no. Okay. Uh, one of the one of the only true uh, measurements measured originally that has not had a kind of a, a fluctuating change at all um, was the speed of light, which has been unchanged since 1983. Huh. But I just thought that was really cool. I did. I had. Did you have any idea that the the kilogram was a was an actual thing, like a piece of metal that that's what it was based on? I just didn't know that. Well, they had to get it from somewhere. Well, I know it had to be from somewhere. I just didn't think it would still be a piece of metal that's I still sitting there. I didn't think it would still be a you know, piece of metal still sitting and there. They were, you said that, and I'm like, what? Still, still using it to. to, to I mean, they had to like start with something and say, well, yeah. here we are. But you figure they'd start with something and just say, okay, this is a kilogram. And now that number will represent a kilogram. But no, it was what always that thing was. So if that thing's weight changed, the weight of the kilogram changed. It's a good thing I didn't make measurements. I would have measured out <laughs> fluid ounces. And I would have been like, this pint of beer, we're going to call it a pint of beer. <laughs> and then drink half of it and go, this is now considered a half a pint of beer. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing you weren't sure. <laughs> Yeah. Probably. Probably. <laughs> okay. So my next story I'm going to bring, I'm hoping to make it a little bit light because when I read this, I kind of giggled to myself, even though it's not funny because all of a sudden I started picturing all these things about me and my death. <laughs> you giggled about your death? Yeah. So, okay. okay. <laughs> so the great um, Omaha Indian chief Blackbird, have you ever heard of him? No. He was around with Lewis and Clark. They like okay. even paid tribute to him um, after he died. But he was said to have loved his horse so much that he was buried sitting on top of it, which you can actually go visit the mound that's about 45 feet tall. I believe that's what I read. He was 40... buried sitting on top of his horse? Yes. Can I be buried with the couch? No. Oh. My thought, though, <laughs> That's what is, I like to sit on. <laughs> my thought is, is if we're if you were able to like do anything crazy like that, though, mm -hmm. like he was a chief, so of course he got to do whatever he yeah, wanted, it's and people a special honored treatment. it. Yeah, people nowadays are like, you can't even get cremated and have them thrown anywhere because no, yeah. you just aren't not allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. So, but if you were allowed to do anything, what would you do? I already know what I'm going to do, so there's no change in that. But what would you do? I have no idea. I really don't. I My thoughts on 
death is that it's so permanent and over that I just don't care. I, I guess I just, I don't have a... But if you could, like, do anything fun that would, like... First, get buried on the couch. <laughs> well, yeah, there we go. Get buried with the couch, or you know, with a uh, uh, sitting at a desk playing a video game. <laughs> Bury me just like that. <laughs> me, I would do. You remember Princess Zena? The warrior princess. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So because it's TV, and hundred years down the road, nobody even know who Princess Zena is no. from TV. Unless somehow these films in Hollywood survive. Yeah. But I would be buried sitting on a horse with unicorn horn on it and probably Pegasus wings. And they're not going to know what this is, but they're going to think it was the last of whatever. I was going to say, somebody's going to discover this 300 (laughs) years from now. And you're going to be in a museum put together. (laughs) But I'm going to be in a rainbow bright outfit. And I want... Like, some sort of metal thing on my chest saying, Desiree, Princess Warrior. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That would be kind of crazy, and I could see you doing it. I would totally do it. Oh. And you would go down in the history books. I would. (laughs) Desi the Warrior Princess. They wouldn't call me Desi. It's Desiree. Oh, Desiree. Princess Warrior. Because Desiree sounds more... Yeah, it's more official. It's not official. (laughs) It just sounds a lot more... Professional compared to Desi. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah, I've I have no idea, but that's cool. I like your idea. I totally like my I like idea. Your idea. That's a I good was idea. reading this. I'm like, oh my god, he's onto something. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that was kind of a crazy little story about history, kind of you know about how he was buried. That's kind of cool. I got a history story for you. I just did history. Well, I got I got another history for you. Better be good. This comes from the 1820s. Ooh. John Quincy Adams. Wait, we just did a president not too long ago. I know we did. He was, was it, I don't remember what one we did. John Taylor? Oh, yes. Tyler? Yes, Tyler? Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, in the 1820s, John Quincy Adams approved an expedition to the center of the earth. Part of the plan was to meet the race of people living inside the earth and to conduct trade with them. The journey to the center of the earth. <laughs> now, good movie. This plan, <laughs> this plan was was orchestrated. Was was the idea was came up with by John Cleves Simmons Jr. And he'd been touring the country and giving lectures about his theory of a hollow earth. And he believed the earth was made up of several spheres, and there were openings at the north and south pole. And <laughs> and you could, you know, that's how you would get inside the earth and explore the hollow interior. Um, and so we planned to take 100 men to the Arctic, use slaves pulled by reindeer, travel <laughs> to the North Pole and enter into the earth. <laughs> the North Pole is water. Well, well hold on. He also okay. believed <laughs> that there could be a race of people living inside the earth. And part of his plan for the expedition was to establish trade with them. Um, now, this theory was considered laughable by most people, but when uh, this man went and lobbied the government to fund his expedition, John Quincy Adams says, yes, of course we'll fund that expedition. <laughs> Great. Now, however, Adams' term in office ended before the plan was carried out, and Andrew Jackson said, no way in hell, we're not going to the center of the earth. But I can't believe, like, we were, the government, the U.S. government was about to pay for an expedition to the center of the earth to meet the people and trade with them. 
Disney wrote a movie on that. That's Disney. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess sometimes I feel like we live in a fairy tale. That was the city of Atlantis. That was Atlantis, and that was underwater. Not uh-huh. It was from s- Ireland, so it's close s- enough to the North Pole. In the center of the Earth, and you can get there through the poles. You, I don't need to slide down a pole once you get there. I don't know what his idea was, but it's going to take 100 men. That was kind of crazy. Are there poles at the North and South? I always, I always imagined them looking like a candy cane, except really long, and you could like slide down them like a fire pole. Yeah. No? No. No. Okay. No. Now, I know it was short and sweet, but I thought it was interesting. Going to the center of the earth. Fun times, fun times. So I have one. It's a little political. I did, it's, not, it's not political, political, but it's political. And I was like, man, do I really want to talk about this? Because we all know how people can get mm. sometimes, and I just don't want to go there. Okay. But this was kind of interesting. Okay. So I'm going to read this on, on how I would say it if I was talking to a friend or something. Okay. So the title, say what? <laughs> New York State Senators just proposed a bill to make texting while walking illegal. <laughs> what? <laughs> So we can't be like the people in Japan where they know how to text and look at the cell phone the whole time, but they can, like, zigzag around each other. It's like they have a third eye. You know, they even have apps where you can, like, they'll use the camera and you can see, like, when you're looking at your phone, like, the bottom of it will be, you can look in front of you through the phone, like, through the camera. Yeah. I'm not a tech geek. We know this. You are. Mm -hmm. That's how you know that. Crazy. But I can imagine a lot like that in a place like New York. Where there's thousands of people moving about. I knew you were going to have lots of opinions. And on you, this. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not in favor of something like this. Well, no it, way am I in not, favor like, of complete it. Complete walking, though. What? It's not all walking around. Oh, okay. So it's just. Well, oh. should I explain it? Yes, yes. Please. I just read the sorry. title. I'm sorry. <laughs> Never judge a book by its cover okay. or a title. Okay. <laughs> I've learned that from Facebook. <laughs> Did you actually read the story, or did you just read the title? Just read the title. You read the title and made it a Don't horrible comment. Do that. That's what we do. Don't ever, ever do that. Okay, so there, like you had said, New York, they have the busiest streets in the mm-hmm. U.S., and it can be difficult to navigate them when you're distracted by your phone. So now what the lawmakers have done is they proposed a bill that criminalizes the use of electronic devices while crossing the street. Okay. With an exception of emergencies. So it's a little bit different. It's not it's just better. on the sidewalk, but apparently I'm assuming there's some issues crossing the street and people are so distracted that they're not getting across the street in time. I can imagine. And then you have, you know, backed up traffic as it is. And now you got people standing in the middle of the road looking at their phones. <laughs> and it's already illegal to run them over. <laughs> so. That's right. They do have the right of way. They oh. do. But yeah, it does say it's hard not to notice the number of people texting while walking and downright alarming to see people continuing their texting while crossing the street. We want New Yorkers to know it's okay to wait five seconds. (laughs) (laughs) We do live in a society that can't wait. That's for sure. What are you talking about? I have all the patience in the world. Of course you do. I do. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. 
But texting while walking, I, obviously, I don't think there should be a law against it. But I can totally see where people are coming from. It's just crossing the street. It's not yeah, like... Yeah, and, like, people crossing the street when I'm a driver really irritate me sometimes. Because they, it seems like they purposely go so slow. If I'm in a bad mood and I want to piss somebody else off, you're damn straight, I'm going to. But then when I'm the walker, I'm like... <laughs> Have the right away, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and half so. the time I'm not even paying attention because I'm in dream la la land yeah. autopilot and let's hope to God you're not crossing this <laughs> That is, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm a well, driver. For, for a political story, <laughs> that one wasn't too bad. There's not much. No. Not much. That's probably as not political gonna get, I'm going to bring to the gonna table. Not going to get any arguments on that one. So I think last week I got about as political as I would about the education thing. Well, so. I grabbed it because, of course, that's the you read the title and you're like, you've got to be kidding me. Yes. And then yes. you read it and you're like, okay, this isn't to the extreme, but I'm bringing it. So I brought it. Perfect. It was an excellent story. And I'd like to announce the death of celebrity whatever, whatever, because I did not bring a celebrity story this week. The death. Yeah, it's over. I'm done doing celebrities. Oh, I see what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) I was all confused there for a moment. The end of whatever I was calling it. I was even reading some of the... the, Because it was on the Shadow Room... um, Shade Room. Shade Room. (laughs) News site. And that's... Shoot! What? I was going to bring that story to the table, and I totally forgot. You can save it for next week. Oh, it's so hilarious. Okay, I'll wait. All right, save it for next week. Oh, that's going to be so hard. All right, as she, you know, said earlier, she is extremely patient and has no problems waiting for things. I'm going to die. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, you ready to wrap this thing up? Your life is not over. Your life is going to go on, and we're going to be right back here next Thursday with another episode of Outlandish Outcasts. (laughs) If you want to contact the show, you can email us at outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. Feel free to stop on Facebook and like our page there, where you can also see the little things that I post outside of our stories. Cool. Pictures. Cool, I don't cool. post very many. I've, I've done one, but we're not very far into No, we're not. Four episodes in. This is only the fourth episode. So share, Long share, share, share yes. our episodes. Get the word out there. Yes, we would We would like as much feedback as you can get. If there's some story you want to hear us cover, or if you just want to hear our opinion on something, I'm happy to give my opinion on just about anything. Maybe not always publicly, but happy to give an opinion. <laughs> I have an opinion about everything. might not always make sense, but (laughs) hey, the words just fly out of my mouth. That is definitely true. It is, sadly. (laughs) And with that, that, have a good week, everybody, and we'll see you next Thursday. Bye.